wife Jane. We've got a great team of people that help us to lead the church. We've got wonderful people who are serving in, in the church. And we're so glad that you're here this morning. I believe you are here on a divine appointment. I believe that God by his spirit has drawn you and wooed you and brought you to this place this morning to sit in his presence, to be a part of what he's doing and, uh, and being touched and, and filled by his spirit and, and, uh, and just seeing some great things happening in the wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you. Cool. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for that it brings change in the mighty name of Jesus. Change my life. Give me a fresh understanding. Help me to see a breakthrough, to receive a breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. To encounter God, to encounter God, becoming passionate followers of Jesus, equipped to help others encounter him. I, I actually believe there are so many different ways to encounter God. It's, I'm of the firm conviction that there is not one way that we encounter God, but there are so many ways. There is only one way to heaven, and that's through the person Jesus Christ. But there are many ways that we can encounter him. We can encounter God in praise and worship. And this morning, it's just been fantastic. Haley, thank you so much. And the team. Can we give the, the team a great hand this morning? Just did a great job. Well done. We can encounter God in prayer and in solitude. We can encounter God in, uh, in the Bible. We can encounter God reading his word. We can encounter God in healing and in miracles. We can encounter God at church, in our connect groups. Uh, I just encourage everyone to be a part of our connect groups. Our connect groups are the place where you are going to find support. It's where you're going to find help. It's where you're going to find people that you can walk through life with. You can share the dreams and the, and the, 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 the tribulations of your life. And you can find that, that, that strength to go through uh, in a season of difficulty. It's in those connect groups that you're going to find that you're going to be able to dig deeper and become a true disciple of Jesus Christ. It's, sometimes when we come to church, it's great to be in church, fully encourage that. But you know what? You're not going to become a full, fully devoted. Uh, a disciple of Jesus just by going to church. You need to do life with other Christians. You need to be connected. So I just encourage you to be a part of those. But we can encounter God at work, at home, in the shops. We can encounter God unexpectedly and in unusual ways. You know, you read the Bible, it's full of unusual ways that, that people encountered God. You know, there's, there's so many different things that we can encounter God in so many different ways. Jane and I, on the 22nd of June, 1980, we encountered God in a way that we knew that he was real. We encountered the love of God and we opened up our hearts and we asked God to, to be the Lord of our lives. We asked Jesus to become our Lord and Savior. We repented. Everyone say repented. We repented of our sin and confessed Jesus as Lord uh, and were born again. I'd love to tell you that, you know, we, we never turned our backs on God. We never again walked away from God. But I can't tell you that in all honesty and truth. Because sadly, you know, sometimes life's difficult, life's, life happens and things happen and, and you lose sight of you, you break your focus on God and, and sometimes you walk away. And that, that was our experience, but, you know, praise God, we're pressing in, we're pressing on, trying to do what we can because we know that God loves us and are committed to, to him. For the last <clears throat> three to four weeks, I've had a strong pull, I believe, borne by the Holy Spirit to talk about repentance. I've had this, this real deep thing in my spirit to talk about repentance. You see, Jane and I encountered God through repentance. 
when we became born again, we encountered God in the moment that we turned from walking our way and turning towards God, we encountered God in that moment and we became born again. I'll confess to you this morning that I've had a very poor attitude towards the word repentance. I, in fact, I've not preached on repentance because I've had such a bad attitude towards repentance and the word. Because it creates within me this connotation about being bashed, about being, you know, uh, it's the way that people use it. You need to repent of your sin. You know, it's like they're spitting venom at you. You know, is that just my experience? It's true. I mean, you know, uh, you, you hear it. And I'm thinking, God, that's not representing your heart. But, you know, it created within me this, this reluctance to, to engage with this wonderful, wonderful thing called repentance. I didn't like the, the sound of it, the way that people used it. The way that people manipulated others by the use of the word repentance. And almost like through fear and trepidation, getting them into the kingdom of God. Because unless you repent, you're going to hell. It's that, you know, the hell and fire. No, I, I think that there's a place that we, there, there is a, 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 an alternative. If you don't accept Jesus, there is an alternative. But I think we can say it better. Is that fair to say? I, I, I don't think we need to like, you know, just smack people up the side of the head with the word repentance and it's just something that's like this brick, this, this mallet, this club that we have in our hands to smack people in the head with. Are you okay with this this morning? Because I, I really feel this strongly this morning. So as I've, I've, I've had this thing in my spirit, to, you know, and I believe it is born of the Spirit of God, I've gone to the Word of God. And I've asked God and I've said, Lord, can you help me to really understand this thing, repentance? Can you help me to drill down on it, to dig a little bit deeper about what you say about repentance? Can you help me to, to see it from a different point? Now, I want to say, like, I've got, I'm, I'm looking at two people right now who are theologians in my book about the, the Word of God. And, and I am here not to expound and exposit this this thing called repentance all i am doing is simply saying this is what i've read and this is what i feel god is saying through me this morning it's not to detract in any way from the true meaning of what repentance is all i'm simply saying is i think we can look at this word a little bit differently and see it in a different light and that's my my whole purpose this morning is to see the word repentance in a whole new way to see the act of repentance in a whole new way. See, repentance is an action or a condition of change. It's the action or condition of changing our behaviors and the way that we think and the way that we believe. Repentance is not merely regret about something. It is a change of perspective that results in changed beliefs, changed words, and changed actions. Repentance is turning from going my way and turning to God and following him in his way. It's going back to the Lord. It's telling God that we're absolutely dependent upon him to change and to be forgiven. Repentance is an inner decision that's seen in a new way of living that is, I believe, noticeable by others. God himself, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. If there's genuine repentance, if there's a genuine turning towards God, then our lives will reflect that. There will be something that people will see. There will be something that they will want because we are demonstrating a change of heart and mind and spirit. 
there's a pastor called Rick Stacy in Michigan, and he tells this story, and I think it's a great story, about a person called Ken Bailey. Now, Ken's no one special. He's simply a laborer, and he works on the Alaska pipeline. And back in the mid-'70s, this is when, when it happened, he said that uh, Ken worked up in the icy cold area for a year, and he came back with $30,000 in his pocket. Forty years ago, that was a lot of money. Uh, he blew it all in a month. He went back up into the ice fields and for another six months he made another $18,000. He came home again and rather than actually blowing his money this time, he, he, he said that he found himself going to church. So he went to, to this Rick Stacy's church. On the first Sunday that he walked through the doors and sat on the back seat, Pastor Rick said that he had two thoughts. Number one, that this Ken Bailey looked like Grizzly Adams. You know the old... Uh, the movie with the, the Grizzly Adams and the bear and stuff. I've really shown my age about this, this sort of like series right now, but that's what he, he reckons he looked like. The second thing that, that Pastor Rick thought of when he saw this Ken Bailey was this. He said this, and this is true. He says, he was a man who would never become a Christian. In the middle of this story, I want to ask us the question, have we ever written someone off? Because we thought they'd never become a Christian, therefore we've never shared the gospel with them. Let's give them the opportunity to say yes. Anyhow, Pastor Rick says he preached the message and he invited people to receive Jesus as Lord. The instant that the music started to play, Ken rushed from the back row of the church to the front, gave this Pastor Rick a huge bear hug. And Pastor Rick said he thought he was going to crush him. This man's a strong man. And he said that you know, there were tears streaming down Ken's face as he gave his life to Jesus. The very next Sunday, Ken came back to the services and Pastor Rick didn't recognize him. See, Ken has got a three-piece suit on. He shaved his beard off. And Pastor Rick says, why did you have a shave and dress up? And Ken said, he said, Jesus changed me on the inside and I wanted people to know it, so I changed the outside. And I wonder sometimes that that's a great illustration for us to start to think about what repentance truly is, that God does something on the inside. We yield our lives to him in such a way that it creates within us a desire to truly follow Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you don't wear a three-piece suit and you do have a beard, you still can get saved. Okay, I just put that out there this morning. I just thought I'd just, because I can see a couple of people with some beards and and I'm not wearing a three-piece suit, so... (laughs) Because I've had such an unbalanced view of what repentance was, born by seeing and hearing and and failing to dig deeper for myself about what this meant, I asked God to help me to better understand it. And this is what I've discovered. And these things are in your notes this morning. The first thing I've noticed about repentance is that repentance is a gift. Repentance is a gift. You need to write that word in your notes. It's a gift. See, 2 Timothy 2.25 out of the Passion Translation says this, Then with meekness you'll be able to carefully enlighten those who argue with you so that they can receive God's gracious gift, God's gracious gift of repentance and be brought to the truth. I think God's given us so many wonderful gifts. I think of 
that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father, James 1.17. Romans 6.23 says God's gift of eternal life in Jesus. James 1.5, the gift of wisdom, if we'll ask for it. 1 Corinthians 12, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. I am a gift to you, the gift of leadership to his church. Prophets, evangelists, teachers, apostles, pastors, they are a gift to the church. And the list could go on. See, repentance is a gift from God. And like any gift that we receive from people who love us, shouldn't we value that gift and use it for the purpose that it was given? Second thing I noticed is repentance is a privilege. Repentance is a privilege. Acts chapter 11 verse 18 says this, When others heard this, they stopped objecting and praised God. They said, We can see that God also has also given the Gentiles the privilege, the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. A privilege in this sense means to bestow upon, to extend towards. In other words, it's special. It's, it's, it's something that's special for us. And I began to, as I began to read this, I, I felt God, by His Spirit, moving on my heart in a way that I, I started to see this, this repentance gig in a whole new light. <clears throat> I started to see it from a fresh perspective. See, repentance, this privilege, it's an honor. I didn't know that before. Maybe you didn't. The third thing I know about repentance now is this, that repentance opens the way to healing. Repentance opens the way to healing. See, I, I say that because in James chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, it says, Are any of you sick? <clears throat> you should call for the elders of the church to come and to pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Can I, can I just, just put a, a little psh in the middle here? Just a little psh, you know, one of those psh, okay? Could I ask that if, if this, for this is where, you know, People let us know that they're sick so that we can go and pray for them. People don't expect us to read their minds. Oh, but pastor should know that I'm sick. Pastor should, should be aware that I'm sick. I, I told such and such that I was sick. I'm surely they're going to be telling. No, tell us. All right, we, 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 I'm not a, a, a mind reader. I've told Jane this many times. I'm not a mind reader. As it turns out, she did tell me I just didn't listen. You know, you know what I'm saying? Let us know that you're sick. We would love to come and pray with you, lay some oil on you, smother you in, in oil, just smother you in oil. I'll, I'll, just, I'll get a 10-liter container of oil. You will be dripping. You may need a snorkel. No, seriously, I, we'd love to go and pray with you. I'd love to see the enactment of this thing, this scripture where we call for the elders of the church, have them lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, and you know, uh, you'll be healed in the name of Jesus. But go on. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, it says, you'll be forgiven. 
Verse 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I think by implication here, there is a link between uh, repentance, confession and healing. I think that by implication that it's there. For a person to confess their sins often means that they're serious about dealing with them and that they turn their back on their way of living. In other words, that they've changed their thinking on their ways and they've chosen to do life God's way. Does that make sense? I mean, I think by implication that it's there. So they repent of their sin and they tell someone. And because they tell someone, they confess their their sins with one another. God says healing's going to flow. Healing's going to come in. Because too many of us think that we, 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 you know, that uh, we can't be real. We judge ourselves by everybody else's Facebook posts. You know, they're having such a great time. We think that we should always be like that. No, it's not true. You're just getting a highlight from them. That's all you're getting. You're catching them on a good moment. Okay, we, we've got to start to to really believe that we can be open and honest. That's what our connect groups are about. That's where we can start to dig deeper a little bit and be open and honest, transparent with one another to such a level that God brings in healing. Because we're walking, we're honest with each other. Can I tell you right now? Do not put me on a pedestal. I am exactly like you. I'm just living my call. I'm doing what God has called me to do. I am no one special. I am just simply the person who is leading this church because God has called me to do that. I still struggle with sin. I still struggle with, with thinking wrong things and wrong attitudes, bad attitudes. I speed sometimes on the freeway. It's out there now. It's okay. Just, I don't know how you can actually still receive the word of God from me right now. Have you ever noticed, like, as soon as you need a, a policeman, I need to say copper, as soon as you need a policeman, never find one. As soon as you start speeding, he jumps out of your boot. What is that? What is that? It's just, I haven't got a fine yet. Praise God. Medical studies have actually discovered that unforgiveness, bitterness, envy, revenge, and other similar ways of living actually open the door to sickness. Either psychologically, emotionally, or physically. Can I ask us this morning, is it, is it time to forgive someone? Is it time to let go of the bitterness, the anger, the envy, the jealousy? Is it time to let it go? More importantly, is it time that we simply said to someone, that I, I feel that my heart's not right. Could I sit down with you and be real? I don't think you need to do that with everybody, but there, are, there should be people in our world that we can sit down with and say one-on-one, if I share my heart with you, Will you still like me at the end? And I think we need to be, a, to be a people that say, yes, I can do that. Because too often we hear things about people, and we, we judge them and we cast them off. And that is not God's way. The next thing I learned about repentance is this. Repentance releases mercy. Repentance releases mercy. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? I think this is a real God message. I think that God's saying something to, to me in particular about this. I forgive you all. I'm, I'm messing. I'm messing. Sorry. Repentance releases mercy. 
See, I, I, I think not only does repentance and confession open the way to healing, but mercy flows too. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says this. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, in other words, they repent, they'll receive mercy. Dealing with our sin through repentance and confession releases healing and mercy from God. Isaiah 55 verse 7 says, Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord. That, they may have, uh, that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. See, there's this area where you know, we, we're banishing doing the wrong and turning to God. In other words, we're, 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 we're repenting. We're, we're getting ourselves right with God. Can I ask us a question? Why do we not need God's mercy? Here's why. Because God's mercy actually is what stops him from giving us what we really deserve. See, I, I deserve the punishment of Jesus. But his grace extends extends to me and gives to me that the thing that I don't deserve. See, grace is him giving to me what I don't deserve. His mercy is withholding from me the very thing that I do deserve. And my sin deserved to be punished. So that's why I need mercy. And repentance actually releases God's mercy to us this morning. I think that's wonderful. I mean, that, that just gives me a whole new picture of, of who Jesus is, who God is in my world. And it helps me to understand him from a, a fresh new per- God is not waiting for with a big stick to bash me. God is wanting to release mercy to me. God is wanting to release mercy to me. See, this is the next thing I learned. Repentance is a call of Jesus. It's the call of Jesus. Repentance is the call of Jesus. Luke 5 verse 31 to 32 says, Jesus said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've, not, I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they're sinners and need to repent. God's calling out to them. Jesus is calling out to people. I've come for you. For the very reason I came to the earth was for you. For those people that recognize their need of a Savior, who recognize their need of a Messiah, that those that recognize their need of a love that is beyond themselves and a, and a forgiveness beyond ourselves, this is the very reason that Jesus came. Because repentance is the call of Jesus. God has good and pleasing plans for us. Jesus doesn't lead us into things that are bad for us. He actually meets us in those places where we mess up or the the devil does something or someone else does something to us and it hurts us. We're in a world of pain. It's in those moments that Jesus comes to us. He doesn't lead us into bad things, but he certainly can meet us in those bad places. Jesus will always lead us to the Father to be united as one with him. So when Jesus says he's come to call Those who know that they've sinned and need to repent. He's saying it's a good thing. It's something that will set us free. It will heal us. It will restore us. And set us on a journey of life of fulfillment that he wants us to live. The next thing I learned about repentance is this. Repentance is for everyone. Repentance is for everyone. 2 Peter 3.9 
The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. Wants everyone to turn from going and living life their way to living God's way. He wants them to see that there's a better plan at work that they could access. See, repentance is for everyone. He doesn't want us to miss the opportunity, the blessing that's associated with living for God. In fact, he's patiently waiting for people all over the world to experience it. The next thing I learned about repentance was this. Repentance is part of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repentance is part of the receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 verses 37 to 38 says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Shouldn't that be the same thing that people around us say because of the model of life that we're living, because we're, we're representing Jesus in our world? Shouldn't that be, you know, if we're walking out in, in the world and we're, we're truly forgiving, t- truly generous and, and, and those things, I believe more and more that in this season of, of fruitfulness in your life, that God is going to, 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 to work more in your life. And people are going to say, there's something different about you. There is genuinely something different about your life. What is it? What, what, what do I need to do to be like you? What an open door. And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, it's, repentance is a part of this deal, a just yieldedness to God. So that his Holy Spirit can come, fill us over and over every day. My prayer now every day, Lord, fill me. Lord, let me recognize when you're in a situation. Let me recognize when you're talking to someone that I can partner together with you to see the kingdom of God grow. Repentance is part of the receiving of the gift of the Holy Spirit. To to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, we've got to be born again. We must be believers. Part of the deal in being born again is repentance and confession. Next thing I learned was that repentance brings refreshing. Repentance brings refreshing. I think that's a great thing. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says, Repent then and turn to God so your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've noticed that when I've got sin in my life, there's a weight to it. Some, you, you can have a heavy heart because you know you're not right with God. You, you know that there's something that's out of alignment. There's something not quite right. And there's, there's a weariness that comes with that. And until you start to deal with it, until you start to, to say, God, I, I just need this dealt with in a way that, that you know, you, you know, I know that you're going to respond to. It gets wearisome. It gets burdensome. And, and only after we come to repentance, after we've turned to God, will refreshing come. You see, refreshing comes because God wipes away our sin, thereby relieving us of the burden of carrying them anymore. He bore them on the cross. Let him do it. Stop walking around with, with that stuff on your heart. Make it right. Keep a short account. See, there's a weight and a weariness that comes to it Because we've taken on the responsibility for them. Instead of handing it over to God, Lord, this is an area of weakness in my life. 
I don't know how to deal with this. All I know is, Lord, I just worship you right now. I, I give you my praise. I give you my worship. It's as simple as that. Here's the next thing, and this is not in your notes. You may need to take a note yourself. I got this this morning. This is fresh manner. Repentance makes way for revival. I don't know how I missed that one, but I did, but I didn't. Repentance makes way for revival. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, And turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. And will forgive their sin. And will heal their land. You know one of the things I I believe that. We don't have revival meetings anymore. Is because we've become a stoppage. To receiving and imparting the love of God. In ourselves and for others. We've chosen to live our own way. And reject God. And I believe that God wants to pour out his spirit in these days. My prayer is that God, you would just so captivate our hearts that passion. I've seen some of you at football matches. I've seen some of you talk about sporting endeavors. I've seen and heard about how you champion your kids and your grandkids. I've seen how we've done that, but we come to church and we're like stunned mullets. You know what a stunned mullet is? It's a fish that's been knocked on the head. That's a stunned mullet. And you just... Let the Holy Spirit inspire us. With passion for the king. Let the word of God come alive in our hearts and our spirits. Like, I, love, I love Haley's saying, let's amp it up. That's a great, I love that saying. One of my kids tried that. Kids, just put your fingers in your ears right now. This is not a good thing. Okay? But he felt like, you know, those Meccano sets, they have the little electric engine. Okay, he gets two wires and sticks them in the PowerPoint, and he found it didn't work. <laughs> Don't amp things up that way, okay? Just get in love with Jesus. Get in love with God. Allow him to use your, your life in a great way, amen? I pray that, Lord, you'd forgive us for, for not being passionate about you. You know, one of the indicators I look for in, uh, in passion certainly is, is the attendance at our Sunday service. I'm listening for conversations, how you may have shared about Jesus during your week. I'm listening for the conversations about how someone's life changed because you prayed for them. I'm listening for the conversations where, you know, it's just you having a prophetic word for someone in the church. You've come actually expecting God to use you in a powerful way to speak into someone's life. I'm listening for those things. I'm looking for the attendance of their prayer meetings. This tells me about the passion level of our church. I make no judgments about it. I mean, we're all busy. We're all got stuff. I mean, sometimes you just can't get to an early morning prayer meeting. You've got kids to get ready for school. You've got to get ready for work yourself, maybe. Whatever. I understand that. But let me know as well. 
I'm praying with you. I'm going to stand with you. If you're up at 6.30 in the morning praying for us and praying for our church and praying for our community, I want you to know, Pastor, I'm going to get up early. I can't be there, but I will be there in spirit with you. Those are the sort of conversations I like to hear. It tells me about the passion level of our church, the engagement level with the Holy Spirit. Please don't feel condemned. Okay, please, I'm not saying this to condemn anyone. I'm simply saying, let's have an honest conversation about this. Is that good? Excellent. I thought it was good anyway. Next thing about repentance is this. Repentance is a big deal. Repentance is a big deal. Acts 17 verse 30 says, In the past God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. This is a command. It's so important. Repentance is so important. Such a big deal that John the Baptist and Jesus both started their ministry talking about repentance. In Matthew 4 verse 17 it says, From that time on Jesus began to preach. First words he says are repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. In Mark chapter 1 verse 14 to 15, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. See, here's the thing about repentance. The goodness of God leads to it. The authority of God commands it. The compassion of God waits for it. The grace of God grants it. And the love of God rejoices in it. In Luke 15 verse 7 it says, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. I believe God rejoices at at us getting right, at us turning his way, turning from our way going to his way. I believe God rejoices in that. There's celebration that happens when that happens. See, church, repentance is a gift from God. Repentance is, and this is what I, I, I really felt God labor with me yesterday, and I, 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 I twitted it. Repentance is not being confronted and condemned by God about everything that we've ever done wrong. It's about being exposed to extravagant, unconditional, and unfailing love. See, Romans 2 verses, verse 4, and the New King James Version says, it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. The Passion Translation says it this way. It says, do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance? See, in Luke chapter 5, we are given a beautiful example of the goodness of God as seen in Jesus telling his disciples who fished all night that if they will follow his word, if they'll follow his direction for their lives, that they will catch a superabundance of fish. When they drag their net in, the amount of fish that they've caught almost tears their nets. And this is Peter's response. In verses 8 to 10 of Luke chapter 5, he says, When Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' feet, his knees, and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. What is he doing? He's recognizing that the goodness of God for his life has just exposed himself to the condition of his own heart. And that's what I truly believe that repentance is, is where we come into this position of seeing the beauty and the majesty of our king in such a way that he captures our imagination in ways that we've not thought of. 
that his glory and his radiance and his beauty and his love and his grace and his forgiveness just in front of us says, I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to live your way, God. I've, I've just been captured by this image of just how really good you are. And it's your goodness that is leading me from leading that stuff, leaving that behind and giving me the ability, the empowering presence, his grace to pursue him in a way that I didn't think possible, that I thought I could never live a life like that. But as I start to follow that, as I start to to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and, and pursue his goodness... I leave behind the other stuff, the things that the devil wants to to entice me with. As I leave those things behind and I pursue God, my life changes and the lives of those around me has got to change too because I'm a different person. And that's what we all want. I think. Listen to Job. In Job chapter 42 verses 5 to 6 it says this. And this is not in your notes. Job says this. I'd only heard about you before. I'd only heard about you. But now I've seen you with my own eyes. I'm sorry. Forgive me. This is Job. He says, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'll never do that again. I promise. I'll never again live on crusts of hearsay or the crumbs of of rumor about you. That gripped me. Maybe we've only just heard about Jesus. But I believe the day is coming where we're going to see Jesus. We're no longer going to be satisfied with hearing about the wonderful things that God is doing around the world and and saying, God, why can't you do them here? I believe that as we fall more and more, as we're exposed to more and more of his goodness and his love and his grace, his forgiveness, his radiance, his glory, his power and his strength, that the holy awe of God will come back to the church and will start to pursue him and say, Lord, I'm not satisfied anymore just to hear about you. I want to see what you're doing. And Lord, would you reveal yourself to my heart so that I can start to pursue you in a way that is going to change me and change my world. I believe that's what we all want. Deep down in the, in the very core of our being, that that's what we're wanting. See, repentance is a word describing our response to being exposed to such an amazing Lord. When we see Jesus on the cross and the love and the grace and the goodness expressed through his blood flowing freely that sets me free. When I see Jesus dying and offering his life so that my life would be different. Will I continue to live my way or will I turn from my way and live God's way? This is the gift of, his, of repentance. It's where we've suddenly been so captured by a vision of who Jesus is, that it causes us to say, as nice as that was, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. This is what God has laid on my heart for us this morning. And I wonder, could we stand this morning?
Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your goodness. And I pray over us all this morning. Help us to see you. Help us to see you. Help us to see you, really see you. Your goodness, your faithfulness, your glory, your love, your righteousness. Help us to hear. Even as Luke said at communion, Lord God, those words that, and you love me. Even when we don't love ourselves. Help us to have those words reverberate within our heart and our spirit that you love us. Help us to see you with fresh eyes. Help us to see you with a fresh heart. Lord, would you grip us as a church once more? Would you grip us with a vision of who you truly are, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? I pray for a holy awe to befall upon us again, to lead us and guide us, a holy fear of God once more, not a trembling and absolute horror, but a holy awe to come upon your people, to be filled with wonder at the radiance of your presence, to long for your presence like we've never longed before. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to to recapture that first love maybe that we've walked away from and has, has grown weary over time. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, I pray. This morning, I, I just want to, while every head's bowed and every eye is closed, I want to give an opportunity for people to receive Jesus this morning. I don't know everybody here. I don't know where you come from. I don't know where your walk in, uh, in life is really at. But this morning... I want to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus as the Lord and say, my life changed when I gave my heart to Jesus. I'd encountered God at moments in my childhood that I didn't realize. I went to Sunday school. I uh, was a friend of mine. His brother was going to be a priest in the Catholic Church. I, I thought that would be a fantastic idea. I knew God had, had called me throughout various times, but then I came face to face with his love and his grace, and it changed my world. Maybe you want your world changed this morning. Maybe you need your world changed this morning. And you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of of your life in the past. But this morning, you know that God's talking to you. Your heart is hammering in your chest. And you know that God is, is talking to you this morning. If you've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior this morning, but this morning you're saying, I need you, Jesus. I need you right now to be the Lord of my life. Would you put your hand up? I want to pray for you this morning. Is there anyone here this morning? You want to put your hand up and you say, Jesus, I need you. And you've never prayed that before. Is there anyone here? Anyone at all? Okay. I want to pray for people. I, I felt God lay some things on my heart to pray for this morning. If, like me, you had a bad attitude towards the word repentance, maybe all you ever heard was the condemnation and the wagging finger of God telling you to repent. 
I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for those who've been bludgeoned by the word repent. And you think that that's what it is. I want to tell you this morning, speak over your life, that repentance is a gift. Repentance is a gift from God. Heavenly Father, if uh, there are people here this morning that are in these positions, I don't want to embarrass people this morning. But you know who you are. If, if that's you, I, I, I want you to receive this prayer. Heavenly Father, you see these people today. You know the condition of their heart. You know the things that are going on internally with them even now. And people are saying, that's me, that's me, that's, that's me, that's me. Those people, Lord, I say, God, heal them. Break through. Give them a fresh understanding of, of what real repentance is about. It's catching a glimpse of you and saying, I want that. Above all else, I want that. That's what I want. I pray that this morning people will receive that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, over all of us that we'd start to see the miraculous. We'd start to see impossible things happen. I pray over your people, Lord God, for divine encounters with people in our world, Lord God. I release the, the, a miraculous anointing over your people again this week. Lord, to believe for impossible things, to see impossible things. Father, in the name of Jesus, to see bank accounts that had absolutely no money in them. And Lord, suddenly there is an, an abundance of money in their, their bank account, and it's not a bank error. Father, I pray for a release of, the, of a, a miraculous financial provision in your people today, in the wonderful name of Jesus. If there are people after the service that would like some prayer, I'd, I'd love to pray with you. So just come out the front and, uh, and get some prayer. Um, it'd be great. But uh, thank you. Thanks, Haley.